0: Terry Mom Talk Radio, we know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. Now, in our 16th season, with over 500 episodes in 17 countries, we are Radio Strong. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: everybody this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Trish Wilkinson and we are talking about ways to improve your child's memory and Trish I'm so excited about this because everything I learned from you helps me it helps me parent but it also helps me too so I can't wait to learn about this way to improve your child's memory because I know it'll probably help mine too Oh,
0: absolutely. I that's what I love about working with parents, because we'll do things for our children that we won't necessarily do for ourselves. <laughs> so I will teach them certain techniques and tools and whatever that they'll practice with their kids. And they'll go, wow, my memory is better. Wow. I'm getting along better with my partner or, you know, with my co-workers or whatever the case may be, because all of the things that we work on it, it's, Human relations. We just have to be a little more intentional with children because they're developing. And, you know, so the things that we do when they're little, they, you know, those things have sticking power. (laughs) And if we can do positive things when our kids are little and it has such sticking power, then it's just such a gift for them. So, um, so I'm excited to do this whole thing on memory because memory is, you know, kind of a thing that's been a little bit of an issue for me being. ADHD and all. Um, But I do want to say for the parents out there who have children who have attention issues, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is all rude. That is not, we are neither deficient nor, you know, it's our brains just work differently. And that's just such a negative way to put that your brain is a little bit out of the, it functions a little out of the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So I, I wish they would come up with another terminology for that, because if we work with kids where they are, whether they have, you know, maybe they have a little harder time paying attention and staying focused on things, but they have amazing observation skills and they have hyper-focus. So if we can just tap into the things that the kids are good at that have those issues, they can just totally take off and do great in school and great in life. So um, I just wanted to mention that because this working memory thing is great for all kids, but in particular, it works
1: really well for kids who have attention issues too. Right. Well, that's like, you know, when I think about these labels and we can segue just for a second on this, I think about Shaq, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. He's yeah. terrible at sinking free throws. Like it's a big joke in in the basketball industry. You know he can't sink a free throw. And and you know when he bought this expensive yacht for like eleven million dollars, his son wrote on social media when his dad's like, "Hey, what should we name the yacht?" He's like, "You should name it free throw because it never sinks." You know it's <laughs> <laughs> you know there. I mean these things are funny, but nobody turns around and says Shaq has a a free throw disorder. Like, what does he do? He practices free throws. You know, when my kids were playing baseball, they could run, they could slide. One of them couldn't bat and one of them couldn't catch. So what did we do? We had practice. You didn't look and say, Max has a, you know, catching disorder or a, you know, just because we can't do something doesn't mean it's a disorder. Like I have a real problem with labeling a lot of these things that some people can't do or, you know, because my brain works differently. I don't want to be told I have a disorder. My brain is what supports our family. And it doesn't work like yours, Trish, and it doesn't work like most of the... The the listeners and it did it cause me trouble in school, yeah, but it didn't mean I had a brain disorder. Like that, I think is a problem because well, the order yeah. well, and the, the thing pain. is,
0: is it the thing is too, is that just because your brain works a little bit differently, it's outside the mainstream. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's bad, right? I mean, I feel like a lot of times we're telling because kids who have any kind of memory issues, we make them feel like somehow you know, they need to be different or better or whatever. But the thing is, is no matter whether kids have good memories or they don't, you know, or they struggle with memory, increasing their working memory or their short-term memory is super super helpful for things like learning (laughs) and things like doing well on tests and following directions. And you can do it in really fun ways and increase it like, 30%, 30%, which is huge, just in a short amount of time, just by playing some games and doing some fun things with them. And at the same time, then your memory gets better. And all of and it's not that our memories get bad as we get older. We're just trying to remember so many things at once. So we can really improve our memories while we're improving our kids' memories. So right. win-win all the way around.
1: <laughs> I can't wait. I can't
0: wait. So um, so for we've talked about um, a game that I like to play called add a move, where the first person will do a move, then everybody will copy that move, and then the next person adds another move, so you do the first and the second move, and then the next person adds another. And if there are only two people, you go back and forth, but if there are more than that, you just take turns doing moves until somebody forgets a move or does it out of order or whatever. And then there are no winners or losers, you just start again. And what that does is it helps kids remember things in sequence. It's also really fun and funny and silly. And older kids will say, I don't wanna play that, that's dumb, but then they'll start playing and their games, their moves just get complicated and funny. So, and they make it even harder for, you know, those of us adults who are struggling with memory a little bit, remembering everything in a row. Um, but it's really fun to do with your kids when you're, you know, in line at the grocery store or waiting at the doctor's office or, you know, anything that you're doing, just mundane in life, playing this game. And it works on kids working memory so they do better at following directions if a teacher gives them one or two or three directions they can remember all three of them or if they're working on a test and they're trying to figure out a math problem they have to go through all those steps remember all those steps in the math problem then they have to get the answer find the number and the right bubble to fill in you understand what i'm saying And, and doing these little working memory things helps them do all of those things. It also helps them with test anxiety, which we could do a whole show on test anxiety and how to work that out with your kids. Cause I had one in particular kid who had a hard time with test anxiety. And she ended up graduating valedictorian from high school. Who knew
1: that that would ever happen? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's you funny. Know, but... You know, you were talking about that that game, and it reminds me of the the campfire game that that I don't know if you played this growing up. We all played it. Like I'm going camping, and I'm gonna bring and and then you have the letter A, and people pick funny things. Like I'm gonna bring an aardvark, and then the next person goes, I'm going camping, and I'm gonna bring an aardvark and a banana. You know, and right. But it's that same type of thing. Who would think like just a children's game would help work with memory and focus?
0: And and it's working memory. I mean, well, here's the other thing: what is working memory memory or working memory? It helps kids learn. And then if your working memory is
1: stronger, I don't know what working memory is. You're going to have to clarify what working working
0: memory is. is Short-term memory. Okay. So.
1: Your hippocampus is
0: long-term memory. It's right next door to the caudate nucleus, which is short-term memory and movement. So that's why I like the add a move game because yeah. movement and short-term memory is are tied together. In fact, if kids do any kind of, you know, if they have to memorize stuff, multiplication tip facts or you know just anything and they do it like to jumping rope or kicking a soccer ball or bouncing a ball or something like that a lot of times it helps solidify whatever they have to remember um but also the games like you're talking about or um I saw a bear and can't go over it can't go under it and they do all these movements yeah all of those that build on you, or or remember that song um there was a farmer had a dog and bingo was his name oh I-N-G-O, you know, B-I-N-G-O, and you you add the claps. I mean, all of those things are great for the rhythm and doing things over and over again in a sequence. They all help kids build their working memory, which is short-term memory, which helps them learn. And when their short-term memory is strong, it helps them um, transfer from short-term memory to long-term memory in the hippocampus. And when we have things stored in long-term memory, that's how we can um, relate and apply things that we learn because we apply it to what we already know in long-term memory. We learn something in short-term memory and apply it to what we already know. Gotcha. Does that make sense? So we play these little games. Another thing that we used to like to do with our kids is we'd say, okay, look at the table. We'd have everything on the dinner table. And we'd say, okay, turn around. Now tell us everything you saw on the table. And so they they have to re- and you know, we've all played games like this and yeah. we could, but it was really fun for them to remember this many things this night and this many things another night. And we would kind of keep track and it would be a game for how many things we could remember and to watch them improve. Because when we just do little things like that, because you got to have dinner anyway. Right. Why not just play it, make a little game out of it? Or, you know, you're, you're in the car and you have to go somewhere anyway, so why not play a game of Add a move if they're bored? Or, you know, mom, can I borrow your phone? No, let's play Add a move. Or there's another game called Buzz where we'd every um, seven or multiple of seven. So it'd be one, two, three, four, five, six, Buzz, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, Buzz, because it was either a seven in the number or a multiple of seven. And you know, kids will count on their fingers and all this stuff. It is amazing not only to help them with, um, you know, their multiples and all that kind of thing, and just thinking about how numbers work, but also for their them to be able to build working memory. And it's it's amazing how all of these things apply because your brain is all intertwined. All these things work together all the time. So just playing these little games to help them build working memory. Helps them just do all kinds of (laughs) all kinds of great things. And in the meantime, then we get better at remembering things, which is amazing, because I think we kind of get an attitude after a while. Oh, my memory is just going. And and it's not we just have
1: so much more on our minds than our kids do or we're not using it. You know, like, that's the other thing I see, you know, when, when, like, especially with my dad and some of his friends, you know, if you're just sitting there watching TV all day, you know, you're really like in a coma and information (laughs) coming in versus like, I look at my, my dad and my mother-in-law or my ex-mother-in-law are the same age and she does crossword puzzles. She does word searches. She watches the video or the um, game show channel. You know, she likes to play all those games She's so much more cognitively alert than my dad, who would rather just sit there and watch Hogan's Heroes or watch, you know, the same shows over and over. That's got to do something with your brain strength or your brain acuity.
0: Well, it does, because if you're watching a lot of, and this is good to know about kids too, if you're, if your kids are doing a lot of screen time, it, it puts their brains into theta waves, which are slower waves. So our beta waves are our actual thinking waves. What it does is it literally slows down the beta waves into theta waves and it puts your mind almost in kind of a trance mm-hmm. state. Um, and it's a state that we're kind of going into when we're going to sleep. Right, And it's good while we're going into sleep because sometimes like when you're taking a little nap or something and sometimes some major aha will come to you. When you're just quiet, so your brain slows down, so it's not occupied with anything like a show or playing a video game or social media or whatever, when your brain is just slowed down, and then it's a really good thing because things come to us that are, you know, kind of been stewing in our brains and whatever. Whereas when we're in beta waves and we can actually think, it's a whole different situation. So when we're watching screens and we're in theta waves, our brains are busy doing, watching the screen, but we're in a dream state. So it literally is kind of like a brain vacation altogether. And if we do it too much, then our brains just don't work as well. I know my mom is 87 and she's kind of in the same place. And I have a really good friend who's also 87, who she's learning things all the time and she goes places and she does things and And what a difference. I mean, it's just like, I can't believe these two
1: people are the same age. (laughs) Right. Well, and I look at my dad too, when he's home, by himself and he's just watching tv versus when he's here in my house and it's like dad we're going to go watch max's basketball game like you know there's so much more activity there's so much more conversation um what a difference his recall is his ability and there's no more of the well i'm getting old you know this is just how it is it doesn't have to be No, exactly. And it's
0: that way for our kids too. We feel like, oh, our child is scatterbrained or our child is, you know, we have to be careful about labeling our kids in certain ways. That's why these labels are so dangerous because what happens is then kids make decisions about themselves that aren't true. You know, and for example, um, Like my daughter, when she was little, we knew that she had attention issues Mm -hmm. and people at school started telling me that I should get her tested because they thought she had attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which we talked about a little bit. So she got in her head, there's something wrong with me. right? And it took us a lot of work to get her out of that idea that there's something wrong with you. You have all these skills, these really cool things that your brain does that other people's brains don't do. So, you know, it's okay that your brain works differently. There is nothing wrong with you. We just need to figure out how to use how your brain works. It's
1: different from the average brain. Like, do we really want, this is what I used to tell my kids. Do you really want to be average? Do you want your brain to be average? Do you want to strive to be the average brain? Or do you want to be the brain you were given with all its unique characteristics? Because we can't have a whole society where everybody thinks the same. Nothing would ever be created. We wouldn't have the internet or computers or apps. All of these things were generated by brains that were neurotypical. Right, right and and the thing is is that it's it's not even
0: just that we need people who are good at different things right so people because otherwise a lot of things wouldn't get done right but regardless of where we are or what we're doing if we you know play fun games with our kids and do fun things with them to improve their working memory they're just we're going to improve our memory and their
1: memory and there's only positive things that can come from that. <laughs> right. Everybody wins. There's literally no downside to playing a game that is fun for everybody and improves some aspect of your life. Like that's a triple win or a quadruple win or a total win. Right.
0: Exactly. And, and you can do it with anything too. You can list several numbers and then they have to say the numbers back to you, like five numbers. And then you keep building on the numbers How? Huh? and then they give you five numbers and you have to remember, and they love when we miss, <laughs> you know, they get such a kick out of it when they can remember something that we can't, you know, because they're used to being, you know, the younger one and the one that we're leading them or whatever. So it just, they get such a kick out of it when they can do something better than we do for a change. Right. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, that was the funny thing, like with these passwords, you know, um, I was leaving for a a bit and I'm giving the kids my passwords for certain thing. And they're like, mom, why are all of your passwords like names and places and dogs and, you know, and a number. And then I'm like, well, what are your passwords? And like one of my kids passwords for something was PI like (laughs) 3.1 seven, like the first seven numbers of PI, like, I would never think like, it just showed how different our brains work just in the creation of a password. Right. Right. You know, are you somebody who uses words? Are you somebody who uses numbers? You know, for me, I'm always number, word, number, like, and then symbol, like that's my formula, but that's just what makes sense to me. Doesn't mean anyone is better or worse than the others. It was just right. exactly
0: it's it's whatever works for us and we and in playing games with our kids with memory they can come up with their own systems on what works for them too.
1: Yeah. So when when what do you do, though, when a kid really struggles? Like, I think of, like, I'm thinking of a campfire game that we play as a family. And my oldest brother, who's super successful, but he, he's not really a strong reader. He's not a numbers person. He's a people person. And he's in sales. And in, in large item sales, he can't remember anything. Like, when we do the camping game, he can get to about the letter D. <laughs> Yeah. And then if we did any sort of number game, like, what do you do when you have most everybody is okay. And then one really struggles. I really find when we
0: combine with whatever sequencing we're doing, when we combine that with movement, it improves. And we just have to be patient. Like if your brother were with you every day, And you were doing some little game like that, maybe not the same game, but some little game for memory every day, his memory would improve. It may not improve as much as your memory, for example, or your son's memory who remembers numbers in sequence. I can't do that for me neither. The life of me. And yet my sister can remember people's um, phone numbers and, you know, all kinds of stuff for years. She'll go, oh yeah, that, that person will just call blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? So, I mean, just people have different skills, but you can still improve memory up to 30% or more sometimes, depending on where they where kids are, as far as their memory is concerned to be able to help them do better. And if you can combine movement with memory because short-term memory in the caudate nucleus is also manages movement. So movement and short-term memory again together can help things shift into long-term memory. So, so kids who have a hard time, like for example, I have one um, parenting client that I'm working with right now. Her son has a difficulty with short-term memory. So we've been working with him on, he's really into soccer and You know, so we'll have him bounce a ball or, or dribble a ball, juggle a ball, and he'll juggle his ball to learning the math facts. And for the first time ever, he's 12, I think. And the first, you know, they've been learning their math facts since he was eight years old because we start in third grade. And for the first time ever, four years later, he's finally remembering his math facts because we're doing it with memory and movement. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So what do you think about these, these online companies that say that they're going to fix your brain, improve your memory, improve, you know, like, what do you think about those? Well, there are mixed studies on those. (laughs)
0: Some of them work and some of them don't like on computer, there's neurofeedback. And we've had a lot of great success with neurofeedback, for example. Um, But a lot of these. A lot of these programs, it just, it's individualized and they work really well for some people and some people they don't. So, you know, it's just like crossword puzzles work great for some people and they start really remembering words because of the shape and length and, and how they connect them in their brains or whatever. So they're great at crossword puzzles and other people, it just doesn't click for them. So I think that's more on an individual basis because the studies are really mixed.
1: Yeah, because I look at this stuff and go, I don't know if they would be good for people or I guess you got to try it and see. And if you feel that your, your brain is working better, it's working better. Well, and there's a lot about in
0: how we feel about things, right? I mean, in all the studies that we do, especially for new medications, we always have to have a control group because a lot of times the control group, just because they think they're getting the new medication will do better. Because right. our emotions, our brains are very powerful. So our brains can tell us that we're doing better, even though we're just getting a sugar pill or whatever, and we will improve whatever it is that they're trying to improve. So, you know, so there's that aspect of it too. But at the same time, you know, if, if we're, and if you have a child who's resistant to improving their memory, when they do remember something, just be intentional about acknowledging them for improving that, you know, wow, you remembered that, that was so cool. I knew you could do that. Instead of, you know, instead of you're so smart, that doesn't work for kids because when we tell them they're smart and then they blow something, then they start getting, you know, that's where imposter syndrome and stuff comes from.
1: <laughs> well, and then you lose your credibility too. Yeah, exactly.
0: You exactly. know, Mom, Whereas if you just point you love- out- Right. Whereas if you just point out, wow, you remembered that. I'm so glad you remembered that because I forgot or, wow, you remember that. Oh, thank you so much. You know, just whatever it is, acknowledging them when they do remember something so that they because a lot of times when kids have trouble with memory, somewhere along the line, they were told that they had a hard time remembering. Right. And then they set up their their brain structure for being people who don't remember well. So if we play these games with them and we improve their short-term memory, it eventually improves their long-term memory just because if for no other reason, they get to see themselves improving and they get the kudos for, wow, you remember that all those, all those movements in a row, I forgot those. And they start feeling like I can do this. I am a person who remembers things. So they, so they get a different view of who they are and that's
1: powerful. Right. They write a new story, you know, because when you look at, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting based on another show I did, Trish, was they said next time you get together with family and, you know, holiday times or or summer times are really a good time to do this. Think about just listen to the stories people tell. What's their identity? What's their story? What's their shtick? You know, what's their go-to? You know, people have a, a small collection of stories that identify who they are. And those may or may not be reflective of who they are today. This so that maybe true? your kid had trouble with memory and, you know, maybe had trouble in school in first grade. That doesn't guarantee it in fifth grade or 10th grade. Well, and if you point
0: out where they're improving and doing better and you, and you help them shift their mindset on how well they're doing, I mean, there are all kinds of studies that show when we shift our mindset, yeah. it makes all the difference for how well kids do in school. So there are, and sometimes even kids who have learning disabilities like dyslexia or whatever, there are all th- kinds of things we can do for kids now who have dyslexia or other kinds of disabilities because we can start with what they're doing well and then build on what they're doing well. And I'll, you know, so, but a lot of it, you know, that's why we're talking about memory. A lot of it has to do with how well we remember things. Yep. And and because when we remember things, then we can apply them to what we already knew things to what we already know. Right. And, and build on it and expand on it.
1: You know, Trish, when we, when we know better, we do better. And, you know, I think of how much my kids struggled with things when they were little and they pass. I think the hardest thing is when you're in the middle of the struggle.
0: Yes. Isn't that true? And I think that's true for anything. I I think that's true for anything. And I I think a lot of times as adults, especially moms, we beat ourselves up for not remembering things as well. And we just have more things to remember. So when we're playing games like this with kids and ourselves, it gets all of everyone out of the emotion centers and limbic system of our brains and into the thinking centers of our brains, because we're thinking about the sequence of movements, or we're thinking about the sequence of like your campfire game, or the bingo game, or the I saw a bear, (laughs) you know, any of those kind of building games that we do that require memory or, you know, or playing buzz, or, you know, any of these games that we've talked about that help with short term memory. um, What happens is, is that it it shifts our mindset, like, we actually can do this. And it gets us out of the emotion centers. We forget for a period that our memories aren't great. And oh my gosh, when we forget for a period that we believe that about ourselves then and come up with the truth that, oh, our brains are actually fine. We can just do fine. We just have a lot to remember and that's okay. Then I, I think for parents, that's a really good thing for us to know too. Because when we're working with our kids on those things, it helps us as well. Well, I remember and kind coming kind of full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning.
1: Yeah. I remember my mom saying, you know, like when my kids were little and I was so worried because all the other kids in the, the play group were out of diapers and I'm like, my son's still in his diaper. He loved his diaper. You know, he stayed in it. till It was his security. Like, take it off. No. And he would, <laughs> you know, he would take his diaper off to use the bathroom and then put it back on. Like, you know, that was his thing. And, you know, my, my I said, should I just take it away from him, cold turkey? She goes, he'll give it up. Just give him time. Give him time. He's not going to be wearing a diaper when he's 25. Right. Like, right. I think we just think that these things with our kids are going to be the way they are forever.
0: Well, and I think we we think because other kids do things in a certain amount of time that our kids are supposed to be too. Right. And the thing is, is all of those things are averages. Like um, when Jackie and I wrote Brain Stages, it's a grade by grade guide through elementary school, kindergarten through fifth grade. It goes, this is what's going on in your brain in kindergarten or in kids' brains, generally speaking, in kindergarten. And this is kind of where they are socially and emotionally. And and what they're supposed to learn that year. And here's a whole bunch of fun games to play so that they did develop those things. But we also talk about in the introduction of the book, it's really important to realize that every kid is in a different place. Right. We're all different human beings. And if, you know, your kid could be way ahead in certain areas and then behind in other areas, and it doesn't matter because eventually they're all going to catch up on some right.
1: level or another. Right. 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 And they could be way ahead emotionally and way behind intellectually. They could be way ahead intellectually and then be way behind emotionally. like so many variants and, you know, but they all get there eventually. Well,
0: and like you were talking
1: about your, your brother, I think it was that you were saying that,
0: you know, he has a terrible memory, but he makes great money in sales because he has great people skills. Yeah, That's somebody who has used something that he's, strong at that he does really well and you know and he's probably having a lot of fun because he is good with people and he probably really enjoys people so we focus on the positive part of you know what he does do well Well,
1: and we just accept that nobody walks around going oh like you know uncle steve has a bad memory oh uncle doug has no short-term memory like these are things that like when they, when they diagnose your kid and when they sit down, they talk about their, you know, but I just look at those like, as I go back to these baseball analogies, if my kid can't bat, well, we have batting practice, guess right. what? he will get better. So if your kid has trouble with memory or he's not where he should be, then do some memory practice, play some memory games. Like it does. I would argue
0: doing that anyway. I would argue, even if you don't think your kids have memory problems Even if you feel like your kids have pretty good memory skills, I would play these games and do some of these things with them anyway, because they're still going to improve and it will build their self-confidence because they will be good at it, right? You know, so, so. It's just win-win all the way around to work on kids short-term memory or their working memory. Yeah. Cuz they do better in school and they do better in life and they feel better about themselves. It's just it's just win-win all the way around and then you improve your memory too so you don't have to be so frustrated when you forget things, you know? <laughs> no, it's terrific. I love it. So how can people find more about you? Um just go to the brainstages.com. And there's all kinds of free stuff. There's also a problem-solving course that for a limited time you can get for free because there's a
1: code. So um, so just go to thebrainstages.com. Right, and if you're interested in that program and you don't, you're don't, you listening to this six, nine, 12 months later after we air, go ahead and, and contact Trish and she'll honor that code. Yep, Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. All right, Trish, well, thanks for your time today. And we'll be back again next week with another great episode. Thanks for tuning in to Military
0: Mom Talk Radio. Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 500 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook.
1: We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.